Beitza, Perikei, Mishnah Base 5.2. This mission has a great deal of details, but there's essentially one basic point, and that is that the category of rabbinic prohibitions called Isurei Shvus, which I'll explain in a moment, which essentially are all the rabbinic prohibitions that extend to protect the integrity of Shabbos, apply equally on Shabbos and Yom Tov. Now, that's the main point of our Mishnah. Here come the details. First of all, what is a Shvus? So Shvus um, is a word which means the rabbinic prohibitions that are to enhance or protect the integrity of Shabbos. Um, that means the things that you might come to otherwise do a malach or resemble a malach on Shabbos. Therefore, the rabbi said not to do them on Shabbos anytime. And of course, equally as the Mishnah says in Yom Tov as well. Um, the word is really based on a Pasuk. The Pasuk in, in Shmos, Perek Chav Gimel, Pasuk Yerbeis says, Uviyom HaShvi Tishbos, you shall rest Tishbos on the seventh day. From which Chalazal had a, a smachta, they found a support to say that there's more to Shabbos than simply not doing technical malacha. There's other things one should desist from. And those are called the Isurei Shavus, based on that word, these rabbinic prohibitions. So our mission is basically going to say that there's a whole variety of these things. Some of them have no mitzvah content to them. Some of them may even be associated with the mitzvah. Some may be mitzvah proper. But in all cases, even if it is a mitzvah proper, and all the more so if it's less than that, um, if it's forbidden on Yom Tov or Shabbos, it's equally forbidden on the other. There's no difference. So the mission says, Kol Anytime to be obligated on Shabbos um, because of some Isr Shavos, some rabbinic prohibition, um, we will say, you're equally obligated for that in Yom Tov. Now, usually when the mission says Chayav, it's referring to some Isra do Araisa, for which the penalty would be in the case of Shabbos, would be to bring a Chatas or similar. When I say similar, I mean, or Kares or, or Skila, depending. The point is, it's a severe do Araisa penalty, and it's Chayav usually. But in the context here, that's not the case. These are Durabanans. But the point is, just as Midirabanan, rabbinically, if you transgressed in Adirabanan on Shabbos, you'd be liable to Makas Mardus, like uh, rabbinic lashes. So similarly, you'd be, for a similar infraction, you'd be liable to the penalty of Makas Mardus, rabbinic lashes, for violating Yom Tov rabbinically as well. Okay, now the Mishnah says not just Shavus, but also Mishum Rishus and Mishum Mitzvah B'Shabbos. Even things that the Mishnah, the Mishnah will refer to as um, different categories, Shavus, Rishus, and Mitzvah. Now, the usage of these terms of the Mishnah is unconventional. Usually, shvus would mean any rabbinic prohibition, which would include everything in this Mishnah. And and rishus would mean things that are without mitzvah content, they're just voluntary activities, like eating and drinking and going for a walk. And mitzvah would be mitzvah, obligatory acts. Here in our Mishnah, however, the way that it's been understood, shvus doesn't mean the generic overarching category of all rabbinic prohibitions, but rather things that have um, no mitzvah content, Rishus means things that are have mitzvah associations but not strictly obligatory for some reason, as we'll explain. And then mitzvah is, of course, mitzvah proper. And even times when there's a mitzvah proper to be done on Shabbos or Yom Tov, the rabbi said not to do it for some rabbinic consideration, which we'll see um, momentarily. So in all those cases, Chayav and Yom Tov, you'll be equally liable on Yom Tov like on Shabbos. Ve'elin Mishum Shvus, here's a list of things that are, it's a partial list, of things that are prohibited on Shabbos and Yom Tov because of the Shvus, meaning that they're not, there's no mitzvah to them at all, but you can't do them. They are, Lo Olin Be'ilan, you may not ascend a tree. Climbing trees is forbidden on Yom Tov, and really making, or Shabbos, and making use of a tree in general is forbidden on Shabbos and Yom Tov. Uh, this is more than just the generic Muktza prohibition. Um, it's making use of the tree per se, which is forbidden. Uh, all these things are lest you come to break off a branch or pluck off a, 
you know, a fruit growing on the tree and so on. So, which would be a malach of kotzer, of taking things off the tree. Therefore, we say, the rabbi said, don't touch trees or make use of them at all. So just to illustrate, um, a car is also muktzah, but never, a car is muktzah, I should say, as a tree is muktzah. But the point is, um, if you want to put your hat on a car on Shabbos, you really could, because the car won't move. Um, whereas if you have like a tree branch, even if it won't move, you may not put your hat on the tree branch because that's making use of the tree. Okay, all this again, because you might come to pluck something off the tree, the malach of kotzer, and this is a rabbinic prohibition for that. Second of all, v'lo roch v'nagabi behema. You may not ride on an animal. Forget the issues of of um, of, uh, of making an animal carry in the Rosh or Machamer, making it carry a burden. Put all that aside. Because we could, let's say even in a private, you know, in the paddock, where there's Rosh still one may not ride a horse. The reason why the rabbi said not to do it is lest one come to, let's say, break off a branch of a tree to make like a switch to to goad on the animal, um, and less people break off those branches. They said no riding on. They said no riding on animals altogether, or really making use of animals in general. Same goes. One may not swim on the water. Um, this is a, another isur shvos the rabbanon. Less people come to make some kind of flotation device, like a raft or uh, like a, a, a barrel. They would use to teach them how to swim, like to float that kind of thing. Making a kli forbidden, and therefore no swimming on Shabbos. One may not um, clap his hands. Metapkin is clapping hand on hand. Mesapkin, clapping your hand like on your thigh. And Meraktin is uh, dancing. All these things are forbidden also as a Sureshvus because one might come to fashion a musical instrument. The Rama, worth pointing out here, already the Rama 500 years ago brings based on a Tosos that nowadays they don't make musical instruments like uh, the drop of a hat or the clap of a hand. And therefore, and there's reason to be lenient, even not to complain if people do it, and the Ramayvan brings a sheet that um, nowadays doesn't apply. Um, there's lots to be said about how something could no longer apply and how that would work, um, but be that as it may, um, there is definitely room to lenient, and therefore, of course, um, you might see people clapping their hands uh, on, when they're singing, Yom Tov, Atish, and so on, and certainly one um, ought not to uh, make too much of a fuss about that. You can look more starting in uh, the Shulchan Aruch or Chaim, Simon Shin Lamates from it's if Gimel. Look over there for more. Okay, now th- those were all um, things that were Isuri Shfus. There's no mitzvah to them. Now we have Ve'elhen Mishum Rishus. The following are things which um, have some mitzvah content to them. They're not strictly obligatory. We'll have to explain why in each case. But anyways, the rabbi said not to do it. Um, all these things is are out of a concern. One might come to write. So here they are. We don't do a, a din like a din Torah. Um, now, to do a din Torah, the concern is one might come to write down, like when he's listening to the claims of the litigants, he'll write down their arguments, and that, of course, will be forbidden on Shabbos or Yom Tov. Um, now, when one does do a din Torah, like acting as a judge, so that actually is a technical mitzvah to rise, as the Pasuk says, there's a mitzvah to judge the people. And therefore, the case of our mission must be aware there's some reason there's not a specific mitzvah for this person to act as a judge. Like, for example, there's a bigger judge in town who could do it instead of him. And nevertheless, he also can't do it. It's a rishus, but still he can't do it because he might come to write things down. Flow mekadishin. Um, one may not marry a woman. Of course, kadushin is one of two steps in the marriage process. Um, so the kadushin is when one gives the Kesef, we'll call it the ring, or a star contract um, to the 
to the Kala, who then accepts it, and, and accepting upon accepting that that uh, thing of value or the contract that state they're getting uh, married, she becomes like a married woman already. That's the first of two steps, but she's a married woman already at that point. So the concern is that people would come to write down a, the contract, the star, on Shabbos Yom Tov, and therefore we don't do kedushin at all. No marriages like that on on Yom Tov or Shabbos. Velo cholzin, velo miyabin. So chalitz and yibum are those processes that happen when a woman loses her husband and she hasn't borne him any children, or that's a strange way of saying it. A man dies without any children, I should say. is a better, much better way of putting it. Um, so if a man dies without having children, so then there's a mitzvah of his remaining brothers to either marry his his widow or to do yibu, uh, chalitza, a procedure with, uh, involves a shoe, um, taking off of a shoe in which basically... She is effectively sort of released from that that uh, bond that she has, the zika, this commitment that she, bond that she has with her um, her brother-in-law, her so to speak, her late husband's brother. So nowadays we don't ever do yibum; we do chalitza. In any case, the mission here is saying one does neither yibum nor chalitza. The concern is like when a woman gets chalitza. So what happens is it's kind of like a divorce, a severance, and she'll get like a like a, a contract, like a receipt a, 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 that confirms. That she has done the done this activity, this chalitza, so that now she's free to marry whoever she wants, um, and we don't let people do that on Shabbos. Let people write it down. Same goes with the ibum. We write things down, um, and can't do that on Shabbos or Yom Tov. So no, no doing chalitza um, or ibum. Again, the question would be, um, why can't you do this on Shabbos or Yom Tov? It's a mitzvah. Um, just like the Kedushin is a mitzvah. So we have to have a couple of cases where they're not strictly obligatory. Like, for example, for the Kedushin, let's say the man who's doing the Kedushin, um, is, uh, he already, he already has two children, a boy and a girl, he's fulfilled the mitzvah puravu, with the grandkids, let's say, whatever the requirement. So now he has no mitzvah to get married per se, necessarily has, has to get married, but, so it would be now considered Roshus, quote unquote. He can't do that. Neither Roshus nor mitzvah on Shabbos or Yom Tov. And Chalit and Yibam, of course, are also mitzvahs, but let's say we're calling it Rishos because, let's say we're talking about the younger of two extant living brothers. So normally the mitzvah would be for the older brother, but even the other brother, also, younger brother can't do it either. And that's what we're talking about here, about being uh, 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 at least something called a Rishos in the Mishnah here. Ve'elohen Mishum Mitzvah, and the following things are actually mitzvahs, technical obligations as mitzvah, and yet forbidden to do on Yom Tov for Shabbos. These are coming because there's a prohibition in general of transferring ownership from one person to another. Um, it's it's uh, resembles mechachememchor commerce, um, which is forbidden. Um, either it's an iser durabanan um, based on the on the pasuk in Yeshaya that requires people to sort of um, desist from their personal affairs on Shabbos, including doing transactional type activity, um, and that's how. Um, some learn, others learn. It's just an issue, also an issue of um, unless you come to write things down by doing a transaction, you might write down the details of the transaction. Therefore, no transactions, including even transfer ownership um, to the base of Mikdash, which would be the case for our Mishnah here. So we have Ve'elohen Mishum Mitzvah, Lo Makdishin. You can't be Makdish, consecrate to give to the base of Mikdash something, because it resembles commerce, transfer ownership. Lo Marichin. Uh, Erechin is, there's a certain schedule given in the Torah, which says, there's just like a, an Erech, it's a schedule of um, 
shekel amounts ascribed to different people of different ages, like a man between 20 and 60 is 50 shkalim. If he's younger than that, between 5 and 20, it's it's 20 shkalim. If he's younger than that, it's 5 shkalim. If he's, and if he's older than 60 years old, it's 15 shkalim. It's a different uh, schedule. And a person could say, I want to give my erech to the base of Mikdash, or I'm going to give his erech to the base of Mikdash. So, of course, a person has no value. A person is invaluable. But there's a schedule if you want to give some symbolic amount that corresponds to a person, and it's based on the schedule regardless of the person's actual wealth or value or anything like that. So, one can't commit to giving an erech commitment, marichen, on Shabbos or Yom because, again, it's given to the base of Mikdash, something which is like commerce and therefore forbidden rabbinically. Same goes below Macharimin, cherem is another way you can give someone to the base of mikdash. True, there are two kinds of cherem. You can be uh, give a cherem to charmik gavoa, like to the base of mikdash, or to the kohanim. Um, our the Bartonor here says that um, if one gives a cherem without specifying to whom, it's going charmik gavoa, and that's it's going to the base of mikdash. And the reason why lachora is because that makes it a mitzvah. Um, there's a machlokus. In the Gemara, if one makes a cherem commandment without specifying to whom the recipient is, the chum actually hold that it goes to the Kohanim, um, like the chum over there. So there's a machlokas here, Rosh and Rambam. It could well be that the reason why over here we're saying it's to the base of Mikdash because we want to do a mitzvah as opposed to giving to a Kohanim, which wouldn't be a mitzvah. The point is, again, you're you're doing a mitzvah of giving something, but transferring ownership on Shabbos Yom Tov is forbidden, and therefore we don't do it on Yom Tov because of Isr Shvus. And finally, says the Mishnah, "Velo magbi and truma samaiser, truma maiser." We don't separate truma and maiser, the various tithes from tevel, from untithed produce, from Eretz Yisrael on Yom Tov or Shabbos. The reason why is because it's like resembling; it resembles like you're fixing the food. What was inedible becomes yes edible, and like tikkun, which is like fixing something, like in fixing a utensil, a kli is forbidden. Makabapatesh, let's say, nisur the rice from the malachos. So, so people shouldn't come to fix things. They can't even fix their food to make it edible, which resembles fixing. Um, of course, talking about things that could have, um, the fixing could have happened, quote unquote, fixing could have happened before Yom Tov. But let's say on Yom Tov itself, if you're talking about something like challah, which can only happen on Yom Tov when you make the dough, the challah becomes an obligation to separate that gift to the Kohen called challah. Then you could do that on Yom Tov. Fine. Otherwise, not. There's no 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 separating trumas and on Shabbos Yom Tov. Isur Durabadin. This is called Isur Shavos. But in the case of the context of the Mishnah, it's called of the Mishnah. It's called a mitzvah because it's a mitzvah to separate trumas and Now. The truth is that this whole list of various Isurei Shavus were first mentioned in the context of Yom Tov in the Beis HaMidrash, but of course, all the more so they apply to Shabbos, they're forbidden as Isurei Shavus, because Shabbos is more intense than Yom Tov. First of all, there's a host of things that are mutter on Yom Tov that you can't do on Shabbos, um, uh, like Ochel Nefesh, and also the penalty of violating Shabbos is more severe than that of Yom Tov, so certainly Shabbos, if it's forbidden on Yom Tov, call the Chomer, all the more so, on Shabbos. Now, the Mishnah ends by saying something which we also have in Masechus Megillah, which is a general loose principle that ain't bein Yom Tov le Shabbos. There's no difference between Yom Tov and Shabbos. We're talking about in the context of Melacha. Ela ochel nefesh belvad, with the exception of ochel nefesh, meaning, says the Tana here, the things that you can do on Yom Tov is the exact same as what you can do on Shabbos, and what you can't do on Yom Tov, you can't do on Shabbos, with the exception that things that are for ochel nefesh, for food directly, um, is permitted to be done on Yom Tov. Now, uh, as the Bartonura points out over here, the truth is there was a Machlokos in Beis Hill and Beis Shammai on this point, and Beis Shammai's position was as we said, and therefore our Tana here goes like Beis Shammai. Beis Hill said no. He had this principle of Matoch. Matoch was once something's permitted to be done as a certain Malacha, let's say, carrying. 
So carrying into the public domain is permitted on Yom Tov for the sake of food preparation and so on. So it's also permitted for other mitzvah activities like bringing your lulav or a sefer Torah through the Rosh Hashanah. It's also permitted, and that's the halacha. You can carry. So the truth is there's lots of things that are permitted on Yom Tov that aren't permitted on Shabbos. Um, not only that, you had the previous Mishnah of this uh, this parak. We talked about the difference between Shabbos and Yom Tov with taking fruit off the produce off the roof um, and tircha again the halacha is like that previous mishnah that on Yom Tov you could do that little bit of tircha to save the produce on Shabbos you can't so you see there are lots of differences actually between Shabbos and Yom Tov but we're saying just a general principle here um, that's sort of a guiding principle and in fact this mishnah is going like Beis Shammai which the halacha doesn't even follow